Hi, my name is uh, Bruce McDonald. I'm the director of Dreamland, also the director of uh, Hellions, Creeped Out, and uh, Pontypool. You are listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, episode number 229, where tonight we are going to be reviewing Hannibal from 2001 in memory of the late, great Ray Liotta. Rest in peace to him. He will definitely be, definitely be missed, and we'll be chatting about his role in this movie later on today. Uh, we are toddless once again. I believe he is going to be back next week. Don't hold me to that, but we hope to have him back next week. Uh, so I'll be filling in hosting duties once again tonight. And I am joined, as always, by everyone's favorite, Steve. Steve, how are you doing today? Uh, way better than last week. I'll tell you that much. Good, uh, good. Last week was a... Uh, sound better too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel way better. I have a lingering cough, but um, I definitely feel a lot better. So, But, you know, when you're sick, you get to stay home and watch a lot of movies, so... I got to watch right. a lot of TV and movies and stuff and caught up on a lot of stuff. So it's not all bad, you know, uh, but it was rough. It was a rough week. But, uh, thankfully, yeah. I'm on the other end of it. Um, I did have an interesting, annoying uh, situation happen to me that is related to horror, actually. So I'll just quickly, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I'm, maybe I did quickly, but in case I didn't, um, I was told by a few people around oh, 420, so in late April, that the full moon was doing their uh, enticement to get the full moon um, you know, streaming service. And the deal for this one was if you get a full moon for a year, which is like 60 something dollars or $80 in Canada, uh, they give you Evil Bong, the entire series, uh, the stash box for free, which is a $180 value. And either 10 movies of your choice or the uh, 12 movie Puppet Master series. So I figured, you know what? I watch a lot of full moon movies for $80 to get, you know, the stash box and the Puppet Master. Honestly, just for the Puppet Master alone, it was worth it for me. So I was pretty psyched about it. And I thought it was a great deal. I mean, you're getting all that stuff essentially for like 60 US bucks. So I decided to do it, pulled the trigger. Um, it did have a little bit of a warning that said, if you're international, it's going to cost you $20 for shipping. Not a big deal. I mean, I, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, it, it's obviously more shipping if you're shipping to Canada than the U.S. So, so I did it, and I was super excited about it, and I couldn't believe that it was, it was like almost too good to be true. And uh, alas, for, for international, this is not a U.S. thing. Uh, the U.S., the people who got it, got it like super well, free and everything. But for Canada... Uh, first, they shipped the stash box and the Puppet Master separately, so I had to pay $20 twice, um, which is a little annoying, but whatever. It's still such a great deal that that didn't bother me all that much. So then I'm waiting for the boxes, and I see that they're shipping UPS, which I don't like UPS. I'll, I'll straight up say it. They're a terrible company, but whatever. It, it, that I guess that's their choice. And I saw online from a fellow Canadian that they were waiting for their stash box, which is the first of the two shipments, and that their custom fees were $110. Now, there's no way in hell custom fees are $110. For a custom fees to be $110, the item has to be 1000 at least. So it makes no fucking sense. Uh, but sure enough, I get my bill, and it's $108 or something. 
So I'm like, what the fuck? That's like absolutely crazy. I didn't even really want this evil bong stash box. So I wrote to Full Moon, never responded. Wrote to them again, still no response. So I'm like hemming and hawing what I should do with it. Then I see that they cancel my um, um, Puppet Master series. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. It's, it is what it is. Uh, but then they shipped it out anyway, like in another shipment for whatever reason. So I get the uh, notification at my door from UPS that says, you know, yo, custom fees. And I'm thinking, whatever, fuck, I'll just pay the stupid custom fees. I'll chalk it up to a learning experience and won't do it again. So I pay, I, I have to phone because uh, they've already passed my door. I pay the custom fees and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And they're like, okay, we'll ship you the box on Thursday. I wait, not there, Friday, not there. They're off on the weekends. I call Monday. They're like, oh, we never got your payment. So we're not shipping it back to you. I'm like, what do you mean you don't got my payment? Like, I have it in my credit card that I don't have my payment. Like, no, we have no proof of it. So too bad. Uh, we're, we're sending it back. So now I'm fighting with UPS. I'm emailing Full Moon. So now not only do I not have the stash box, but I'm also out $110. Oh, my God. This evil bong is just like the bane of my existence. Yikes. Yeah. And uh, so now I'm like, without anything, I'm more, out more money than it would have cost if I just bought the fucking thing. Ugh, I'm annoyed, really annoyed by this yeah. whole situation. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. So now I'm still fighting with them. I'm hoping to see a resolution at some point. Uh, I did yeah. uh, get the bill for the um, Puppet Master. It was like 60 bucks. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep fighting so, with ups and full moon ignoring me so jeez, good times yeah that's a bummer uh man full moon's usually pretty good about replying to stuff too yeah so. no, they don't give a shit i don't think <laughs> yeah, i guess yeah. not they uh they, they see they own money so they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. well like, and i've been so like <laughs> pushing them the last year two years um yeah it's it's a bummer whatever i'll still watch their movies i'm still you know but I yeah. probably won't promote them anymore is mm-hmm. where I'm at with them right now. Yeah, well, they probably don't have much more m- money right now because they're, they're putting out movies like uh, 50-foot cam girl and whatnot. So. Which was <laughs> just the worst. Uh, I actually watched <laughs> Evil Bong 888, the final Evil Bong movie. I'm not oh. ta- I'm not talking about my what to watch, but so not unsurprisingly, it was absolute dog shit. Like, I don't even know who these fucking movies are for anymore. They're not horror. They're not funny. They're so childish. There's like a fucking interview with uh, one of the Tiger King people in the middle of the movie. Like in the movie, there were Barbie and Kendra, the infamous Corona zombie girls, uh, are interviewing uh, one of the, the guy without legs there from Tiger King. Like, oh, nice. Just in the middle of the movie for no reason. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. I've never seen anything like it. Garbage. Wow. I can't believe it. They were so good. Like in the 80s, early 90s, such a great company. And then I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. What Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, band is smoking recently, but I don't know. I don't think they'll ever come back for, from it either. Like, I, I think they've just totally become like a, a trauma style company, and uh, they'll never come back from that. I don't think so, which is too bad. But yeah, I mean, from a, you know, they put out, you know, Castle Freak, and I mean, not, I mean, they were still B movies, but they were like quality B movies, and. They've just completely gone to F movies at this point, and yep. uh, it's sad. But uh, all right, I guess that is it for now. So why don't we get into some horror news, and let's start us off with some pretty big horror news, I, I suppose. Um, well, maybe not horror per se, but for those of you um, 
who are fans of the True Detective series. I figured this would be a good uh, segue since we are covering Hannibal tonight, uh, which was Sans Jodie Foster, which we will get into later. But if you are a True Detective fan, Jodie Foster has just been announced to star in season four of um, that series. So I am uh, super excited. I think it is a great character choice. This is going to be the first time a woman will lead, I believe, because uh, season one we had um, McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Season two we had Vince Vaughn and I can't remember who was. Oh, Colin Farrell, I believe. And then season three I did not watch, but I believe it was two other um, men leads. So we're going to have Jody heading up this one, policing again agent starling style so we, we shall see um i don't know are you a fan of the true detective series steve i never watched them i, I heard a lot about okay. season one and two um but i heard three was pretty bad yeah this is just something i never got into really but uh it's nice to see her we don't see her enough i know i think she does more like directing and stuff um mm -hmm. so she's more behind the scenes now but uh always nice to see her pop up every once in a while yeah um season one was fantastic two was okay and yeah three probably not worth it but if you can find season one to watch i could not wreck i think it's one of the best seasons of television like ever so highly yeah. recommend it and there's definitely some big time horror elements in that show especially season one so definitely check it out if you can here we go stephen king we just talked about stephen king like a lot last week and then bang he comes out and says he has written a sequel to Cujo, of all things, titled Rattlesnakes. Uh, Steve, I know you're the big Stephen King guy, or your wife is the big Stephen, so I'm sure you have a little more information on this than I do. I don't. <laughs> uh, I, just okay. saw the, I just saw the headline, really, and uh, very surprising. Like, I didn't think Cujo, of all the ones, was the one that was going to get a sequel, but I guess he got inspired by something, so it's cool to see. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to be, a, how they're going to tie in Cujo to this. Um, but we'll see. Are the are the rattlesnakes going to have rabies? Is that going to be the tie-in some way somehow? I don't know. We'll see. But we'll keep you guys up to date on uh, that. Another great uh, piece of new thing we just talked about this last week too was Pooh and Piglet on a rampage in this new Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Well, some plot details have finally come out on this movie. So here we go. Here is a little plot synopsis for this Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming out. So Christopher Robin is pulled away. Uh, okay, so in this version of the classic story, Christopher Robin headed off to college and he has abandoned his old friends, which then leads to the duo embracing their inner monsters. The director goes on to say, Christopher Robin is pulled away from them and he's not... Uh, and he has not given them food. It's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite di uh, difficult uh, because they've had to fend for themselves for so long, they've essentially become feral. So they've gone back to their animal roots. They're no longer tame. They're like a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try to find prey. So there you go. There is, uh, it's basically a revenge tale, it sounds like, on our young uh, protagonist, Christopher Robin. So... It sounds kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bummed, to be honest. Uh, okay. I was a big fan of Eeyore. <laughs> He's like my favorite character okay. in Winnie the Pooh. And I read that they eat him. <laughs> so. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, not Eeyore. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, it's seriously. I can't wait to see it. it it's, it's so ridiculous that, like, I have to watch it. So, can't wait. Mm -hmm. 
And interestingly enough, um, I don't know for a lot of horror fans might follow the company Immortal Masks. They make these um, really amazing hyper-realistic masks. And they're actually the ones who made the Winnie the Pooh mask, but they didn't make it for the movie. They just made it. And then they bought the mask and used it in the movie, which they said they're fine with. Um, they're like, but if they try to light, you know, sell shit, we're going to ask for licensing things. But hey, if you want to make a good, you know, if you want to do a horror movie and use their masks, apparently they they're OK with it. So there's a little bit of tidbit for you. Uh, here we go. in some Exorcist remake news. Not much has come out. It's been pretty kept under wraps. Well, what if I told you they've already started filming this movie, um, at least the first part of it, as Ellen Bernstein, who, of course, um, played the mother in the original movie. Has, is coming back and she has already filmed her scenes she has uh confirmed in uh interview recently uh she said i've already shot the new version nothing weird happened on set there was a lot of weirdness that happened in the first one um, but she went on to comment about her return to the franchise indicating at the very least her part in the movie had already been filmed and it was done in secret uh the exorcist part one of this trilogy is set to come out uh next year october 13th 2023 and yeah i mean that's it so ellen bernstein already filmed her scenes in secret very exciting yeah except it was um, revealed what happened so oh really they, there were some spoilers out there yeah, i didn't yeah. see this uh reagan pushes her down the stairs and she breaks her neck and dies so seriously no that's what happened in the oh wait show. okay that happened <laughs> yeah. in, the, in a tv show just right, recreating that's right. a tv show that's that's which, all they which, do just to piss you I off. Hate, <laughs> yeah. Which I, yeah, right. I hated it. Yeah. I was like, Steve, don't spoil it for me already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I have but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think that's cool. It's cool that she's coming back, but I'm not going to lie. I think I already said this before, but David Gordon Green, I, I, I don't know. I, I not a fan of him coming back. I, I'm not a fan of his work with the Halloween franchise and hopefully he'll prove me wrong with his exorcist. Why is everything going to be a trilogy too, by the way? <laughs> it's just a thing. It's always been a thing. Right? Money grab. Right. All right. Uh, what else we got in news here? Oh, file this under super f interesting and you'd never believe it was real. The truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Well, um, Jaws actor Jonathan Searle, who you guys might know, he very small role in the original Jaws, but he, of course, was the boy uh, who had the fake uh, cardboard fin in the ocean. Well, he has just become police chief on the island where the movie was filmed. Yes, that is uh, just super uh, funny, uh, just like crazy that that, that happened. So uh, congratulations to him for becoming the police chief. Uh, down in Martha's Vineyard, which Sam and I got to get down to because we're not that far away from it. We're only like two, two and a half hours and we got to get down there and check out the Jaws filming locations this summer if we can. Alrighty, what else we got? Oh, well, you're listening to a podcast. So I thought this would be kind of cool as fans of The Craft will be interested to know that Feruza Bulk and Rachel True have just announced that they are going to be teaming up to create a podcast together i'm not really sure about you know feruza bulk on her instagram kind of made a little post here just saying there was um some exciting news she doesn't say she said uh they're in the process of uh, process of deciding what topics uh they'll discuss they said they're going to do some q a's and whatnot but uh we'll see i'm assuming obviously we'll get some craft and horror stuff but i'm sure we'll get a lot of other stuff too so could be interesting i'll, I'll give it a listen for sure uh, i like both of those ladies so we shall see
Next bit of news. I don't believe we talked about this yet, but Hocus Pocus 2 officially has been an, uh, given a release date for September 30th, 2022. Uh, a lot of people were speculating, obviously, Halloween and whatnot, but it is not. Is coming out a month earlier. Makes total sense to me, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited to, to see this one. I'm curious, too. I don't know. Like, Are they going to recapture the magic? Not sure, but uh, definitely want to check it out. Right. No, yeah. Well, it, it's, yeah. I, I feel like the nostalgia's kind of died off for us, and it's it's going to be tough, but we'll see. Could be fun. Like, I, if it, I'm expecting like a Hubie Halloween style where it's kind of like dumb, but it will be fun in its own right. It's a little bummed out. Like, a lot of the original actors aren't coming back and whatnot, at least for cameos and stuff. Like, I think that really would have brought the magic back having, you know, Max, Allison, Danny, and stuff. But maybe it's like, uh, throw maybe they're trying to fool us you know and that they will come back some way somehow but at least doug jones is coming back to reprise his role and stuff so very cool also the crow reboot has officially um started filming in prague and germany so we'll see how that of course bill skarsgård is going to be um taking over the role of eric draven i think it's pretty good casting but it's going to be tough to uh fill those shoes so we'll see how it goes, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. And uh, just a sh- quick uh, plug for my other podcast. We just reviewed The Crow on the Let's XP Geeking Gaming podcast. Nice. So if you want to check that out. And we discuss in length uh, Bill Skarsgård, you know, being a good replacement and who else we would have seen as a replacement. Uh, the rumored replacements for a while there, there were multiple names thrown out for years. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. Now, Steve, I don't believe we talked about this on the show yet. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it um if we did talk about it we'll just edit this out no one will ever know but um the walking dead um melissa mcbride is exiting the uh planned daryl carroll spinoff series so what are your thoughts on this are are you sad about it or are you just like whatever i know you're the big walking dead guy here uh whatever you know to to me it's like so i like both those characters uh daryl and carol i think they're great characters together it just i don't know like how that show would have been and the reason apparently that they got her out of there is because they felt that the story just didn't need her, I guess. Uh, they're not saying they're not going to work with her again or do her own spinoff and stuff like that. But um, no, I'm I'm curious where they go. I like these like kind of limited series seasons that they're going to start doing, like the Negan one that we're getting with Maggie. Uh, I think it's next year. So I'm excited to see what they do with all that. So it's just like anything, maybe there'll be too much Walking Dead. There already is kind of too much Walking Dead. So you know, maybe people will be over it by then, but uh, I'll still definitely check it out. All righty. And I wanted to end with something very special. Now, possible spoiler alerts, but not really. Uh, some footage from Halloween Ends was shown recently at CinemaCon, and the viewers of this were able to leak some of that information. Um, I don't think there's anything super spoilery in here or anything like that, but if you don't want to know anything at all about what you you potentially could see in Halloween ends, skip forward two or three minutes. Um, but here we go. Uh, so here is a little bit of a breakdown of what was shown in the trailer. So it opens... 44 years ago, The Face of Fear was born. Classic footage from John Carpenter's Halloween was shown. A murder montage shows the victims of Michael Myers on Halloween night 78 and 2018. Every scream, every scare, 
every slash head to this. In new footage, Lori breathes heavy as she hides in a dark closet. Michael Myers stalks a kitchen with a knife. Lori lunges at Michael and slashes at him in what is shown to be a brutal fight. Michael grabs Lori's hair and slams her face first Face first into a glass cabinet. Lori grips her knife and stabs it into Michael's hand. Trailer ends. So, sounds like we have a pretty intense fight between Michael and Lori, which we all knew was coming anyway. Uh, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, that's what we've been waiting for, is Lori and Michael to finally fight and have the final battle that would, you know, this has all been leading up to. So, hopefully it's good. You know, I'm tempered expectations after the last one. But I'm still excited to see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I missed this part. The trailer officially ends with Michael on the table and Laurie standing over him with a butcher knife. So there you go. A little extra for you there, guys. But yeah, Halloween ends coming this year. The final film in this trilogy. But we all know Halloween will not end. It will be back. And we'll see Michael again. But who knows? I mean, it's been forever and we haven't seen freddy yet so i'm i'm ready i'm ready for a new nightmare on elm street i want to see it again even if england is not uh freddy krueger i would love to see another nightmare on elm street but we'll see i don't think the fan base will ever allow it as long as england is alive <laughs> i think the closest thing we've gotten recently is actually stranger things season four so if you right, guys have yeah. uh, followed along with that one we will review it once uh the yes. final two episodes are uh, released in about but, in about uh, a month yeah, in about a month. So we'll definitely do a, you know, like we did for season three way back in like episode 90 something. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street vibes in this season. So Big time. It's really cool yeah. to see. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. And that is it for horror news this week, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Let's get into some what watched. Um, non horror wise, Sam and I started The Circle, which was recommended by you. Um, right. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. We're only a couple episodes in, but it just seems like, uh, you know, a bunch of people kind of talking to themselves uh, and sending <laughs> messages. But uh, we did just get the Spice Girls showing up. So that was an interesting little twist. <laughs> I really need you to watch season one because that's season the one, one. Okay. Where your clone comes in or your, oh, okay. You know, your potential uh, brother that yeah. you didn't know about <laughs> comes in to play tell so. sam about that one then all right yeah, definitely <laughs> have to check that out uh he comes in late like i think he's like the last one to come into the show but uh yeah <laughs> definitely need to watch it as for me i've been watching a lot of stuff because i have been sick so i was actually struggling to pick which of the movies i want to talk about so uh i'll just pick three of them that i think are worth talking about the most the first one i watched over on crave which is a canadian uh, channel and it's from 2021, and it's old, which is M. Night Shyamalan's uh, latest film. So in this movie, I think both Todd, Joe, and probably Sam all talked about it at some point, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Uh, but basically, this family goes to like a retreat, and then with other people from that retreat, they go to a beach where they realize that things are a little weird, 
and that they start aging really quickly and uh, they try to figure out how to escape it and everything that goes on with that. I think the movie movie has a really cool concept. I really love the unraveling of the mystery throughout the film. And it's, it's, it's one of the, it's like a typical M night film, you know, it's like slowly unraveling a mystery. And then there's a twist that to me actually works in this one. I thought it was a really kind of interesting twist. It kind of brings everything together. But where the movie loses me a little bit is from a technical standpoint of all things. I find that the story beats are odd. Like they're in a weird sequence where sometimes it's confusing as to what's going on. Uh, The camera angles are really distracting, which is uh, weird. Like they do really weird camera angles from different shots. Like sometimes like from a perspective of their feet and they're a wide shot and a close shot. And it's just, I don't know something about the camera angles that really bothered me about this one uh, i also thought that the makeup was uneven like sometimes the makeup looked great and sometimes the makeup looked really bad um that's a problem you face when you age people i guess uh for some of the actors they actually ma- chose other actors to portray them but others they just put age makeup uh one in particular this is kind of like attractive young girl not not too young like in her 20s or something and they decided to go the makeup route with her and she just didn't look good as an old person. It, just, it was obvious it was a young person playing an old person. And some of the acting is a little uh, not the best, you know. So still, I had a fun time watching it. I'm happy I watched it finally. You know, I've been waiting for it since uh, it was talked about a lot last year. Um, but it's not something I would revisit. So that's old, which I watched over on Crave. Nice. Yeah, I thought that one was pretty good pretty decent for a Shyamalan movie. I thought it was one of the better ones he's come out with recently. Um, all right. My first one tonight. Um, well, we watched a lot of stranger things over the weekend, obviously, but we decided just to have like a lazy, um, night where we didn't feel like looking around for anything over on Netflix. So we just watched a couple of movies that were leaving Netflix, uh, within the next few days. Uh, so the first one is Final Destination Part 3 from 2006. Been a little bit since I'd seen this one. Um, I remember seeing it in theaters and maybe once again after that. But uh, I remember enjoying this one for the most part. And yeah, so this one is about, uh, you know, it's your basic Final Destination movie. Uh, this one has a great opening uh, with the roller coaster where she has a premonition uh, on the roller coaster that the ro- roller coaster is going to crash. And that sets uh, the rest of this movie up. It stars uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, the dude whose name I can't remember. He's pretty, he's been a lot too. I, I remember Ryan, Ryan Miriam. Sam just yelled to me. So that's his name. You might know him from Luck of the Irish on Disney Channel for those of you who are watching those Disney Channel original movies. But he's been in a bunch of other stuff too. I just can't think of what but yeah um you know what this might be one of my favorite final destination movies though it was just like man this movie's like doesn't like ever let up like there's always something going on and it's always like super entertaining and super interesting there's not long periods of time in between the kills which and these might be some of the best kills in the entire franchise you have uh the uh tanning bed kills in this which is just great and fucking brutal where the girls catch fire in the tanning bed and then you have um the uh the the guy with the uh, weights where the weights come down his head and just completely like smash him up and then you have a great nail gun kill the whole thing is just great it's it's great it's definitely one of my favorites and um i i don't think it 
surpasses part one, but it's definitely on par with part one. Um, so this might be my my second favorite in the whole franchise, and it might the roller coaster death uh death thing in the beginning is definitely one of my favorite openings and then we tried to watch part four after and that one's fucking bad um it's the one with the the race car right uh the race car the nascar one and man it just like completely like it it turned into almost a parody like in that one compared to like where the first three kind of took itself like seriously and it like worked whereas that one just got was so bad like i could I, we couldn't even finish it yeah, it's actually the movie that uh, the first movie I saw with my wife on our second date. Oh, really? Was, nice. was, was that one? Yeah, Final Destination. Uh, I think it's just called The Final Destination. I think that. Yeah, one. Uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> terrible. What I hate about it is that when all the deaths happen, there's like one scene where a bunch of people die from that group, and then the very yeah. next scene they're at a party and they're all like fine and partying, and it's like no, it makes no fucking sense at all. The the 3D gimmick too, when you're not watching it in 3D, is just so bad. <laughs> right, too. right, right. <laughs> Uh, so my second one this week, uh, I'm still continuing my 1980s kind of push uh, leading up to our 80s episode in July. So this one is a movie I hadn't seen in like a long time. And I definitely wanted to rewatch it before our 80s episode so I can determine whether or not it's a top 10. And that's 1986 The Fly, which is a remake, of course, from a Vincent Price film. So in this one, uh, Jeff Goldblum is a scientist who uh, discovers how to do teleportation. And he's very excited about it. He's been able to teleport uh, items and stuff like that, but he had a hard time teleporting anything that was alive. Uh, he tried with like monkeys and it just like didn't work at all. But then he figures it out. He puts another monkey in and the monkey comes out perfectly fine. So, you know, like a lot of great scientists do, he put himself in the machine to test it on humans because he really wanted this thing to work. But unbeknownst to him, a fly also joins him into the pod and he teleports with the fly, which makes him uh, kind of his molecular structure uh, change along with the flies and they become one. And the rest of the movie is him and Gina Davis, who plays his love interest, uh, as he's like going into a crazy descent as he becomes more fly-like throughout the rest of the film and she and davis kind of tries to help him but then realizes she can't help him and then he starts coming after her because uh, he wants to mate with her because he's a fly and he wants to mate all the time uh this movie so i remember this movie being good i didn't remember the movie being this fucking good like this movie is excellent it is a great fucking movie from goldblum's like slow descent uh every stage of his transformation has a different type of makeup and they're all excellent. Like it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the makeup get, just gets better and better and better. And even when you think at the end that he's not going to transform anymore, he does like one final transformation. This movie is fucking awesome. I'm very happy I rewatched it. Uh, it aged amazingly. The makeup effects are fantastic. Uh, the movie's great. Honestly, there's a very strong chance this will make my top 10. And it might be pretty high on my top 10 for the 80s. But who knows? You know, I still have more movies I want to revisit before then. But uh, if you haven't watched The Fly in a while, highly recommend it. And I think, I don't know where it's playing. It's playing on a bunch of services. I, I had the Blu-ray, so that's where I watched it. Yeah, agreed. It's, I would be shocked if it doesn't make my top 10 of the 80s too. I mean, I haven't gone through my list or anything yet, but it's, it, The Fly is definitely one of my all-time favorites. And for those of you with money, the head 
of the fly is going up for auction uh, at the prop store auction coming up at the end of this month. So hey, if you get some money to throw around, it's going to be a pretty awesome piece, uh, an iconic piece to add to your collection. All righty. Steve, you going for anything in that auction? Are you going to attempt to? I don't think it's time with a Disney trip coming up and HHM. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe yeah. not uh, this year. Hopefully one day. And yeah. I still That's still my goal, to get one cool prop, but not this year. Mm-hmm. There's something I was looking at, and I was like, okay, this might be plausible, um, but it's not, like, great. But it's uh, pieces of Freddy's glove. Um, oh. And and the estimate was only, like, 400 or $500. So it was just, like, some of the plates or something that are oh. on the fingers and stuff. So it's nothing, like, great, but it's still, like, a piece that's of his still, glove. Yeah, that that's was still pretty cool. Yeah. That's, a, that's as close so. as a glove as you're going to get. Right, so. exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. So we'll see. I might, I might try for that or something. There were a couple of, like, pieces that weren't didn't look like they were going to go for crazy amounts. So we'll see. All right. Uh, my last one tonight is from 2013, and it is Insidious Chapter Two. Now, I uh, I think I had only seen this once prior. Like it had been a while. I mean, I loved the first Insidious. I've seen the first Insidious a ton of times, but I think I'd only seen Part Two once in theaters, and that was about it. Uh, so this one uh, takes place immediately following uh, the first movie. Uh, it basically opens with that uh, last scene of Patrick Wilson's character uh, killing Elise. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, but come on, it's, if you haven't seen it by now. Uh, and then, yeah, it just the rest of the movie is basically Patrick Wilson just possessed and them just trying to figure out like why he's possessed and who's possessing him and stuff like that. And calling to Elise from the afterlife and whatnot. And uh, we get almost basically, man, it's weird. Cause like after seeing this, I was like, man, it's like Patrick Wilson goes crazy just like he does in the conjuring part three. It's like a very similar situation. He even like breaks down a door with, uh, you know, like a, a la The Shining, like he does in uh, Conjuring 3. I was like, oh, this is interesting. But uh, yeah, so overall, like this one was okay. It's nowhere near as good as the first Insidious. And I think it's because we don't get Elise a lot in this one, uh, Lin Shay. Uh, she really does make that franchise. Um, you know, they tried, but they have this new guy fill in. He's like the new Elise, who is like Elise's like sidekick uh, when they were young or whatever. So they kind of bring him in to kind of be like the new Elise. And he works with Specs and I can't remember the other dude's name there. But uh, the two uh, the two guys who kind of are Elise's sidekick in this so it's basically like the three of them sort of taking over this movie and then we go back with you know patrick wilson and rose Byrne and whatnot so i still think this is a a a good movie it's just not great like the the first insidious you know i i don't think it's something i would watch like a bunch or anything like that i think the entertainment value is is lacking um, in this one compared to um, some of the other ones. But the the Bride in Black, who is our main villain in this one, she's really creepy, or he's really creepy, and it, he's a great villain. And there are a few really good jump scares in this one. So overall, I mean, if you're a fan of the Insidious franchise, it's, it's definitely worth a one-time watch. Thanks. All right, my last one this week is a movie from 1982 that was recommended to me by Todd. We miss you, Todd. Uh, and it's, I watched it over on Tubi, and it's called Night Beast. This movie is about an alien creature that crashes in a small town, and then the cops in that town try to stop uh, the creature from, you know, killing its citizens, basically. 
this movie has it all man bad acting terrible terrible dialogue amateur super amateur special effects probably the most ridiculous sound effects you've ever heard really odd scenes the most awkward sex scene that i've seen in a long time like rivaling the sex scene in mad men oh my god this movie is the definition of bad but the definition of so bad that i fucking really enjoy it it's like they were taking it both really seriously but also not seriously at the same time uh the the makeup effects aren't that good but they're still like passable uh like i said the sound effects are really bad but it really adds to the charm of this movie oh my god i just enjoyed the hell out of it like the whole runtime i had a smile on my face watching this because it was just so ridiculous it's the kind of 80s cheese that i really love and i had never even heard of this one so you know it was on my radar at all and i when i watch it i'm gonna be pushing this to people uh for the next you know few months and stuff i put it on my uh, rare gems list on letterboxd check this out if you like 80s cheese movies uh this is actually one of the better ones i've seen so that's night beast 1982 over on tv nice I'll definitely be checking that one out because it sounds like a, a wild ride. Well, wait, uh, right. wait till you see that sex scene. It is so awkward. <laughs> it's so funny how, right. how awkward it is. Uh, I'll try to, I'm going to try to watch it for next week then. Yeah. Because <laughs> now I'm curious. You piqued my interest. <laughs> nice. Uh, all righty. So I guess we're getting into trivia now. Yes, we are. So all I right. figured. Are we uh, doing the 60 second game? Is that yeah, what we're doing? I figure we'll do the 60 right. second game, something we could p- play two people and, uh, you know, sure. still make it interesting. Um, all right. It'll give you practice too, because I practiced a lot with Todd while you were away. So now uh, you yeah. have to practice a little bit and be sharper when I do them uh, on our regular right. full squad episodes. Okay. Right. So you want me to start uh, with you? Sure. All right. Let me just pull up my movie here. I have them all pulled up. Okay. So let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. 60 seconds. Go. Okay. Is it 90s? No. 80s? Yes. 80s. Okay. Um, is it a ghost movie? Yes. It is a ghost movie. Okay. 80s ghost movie. Does it take place in America? Yep. It does. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, are there famous actors in it? Yes. Ooh. Okay. Very famous? Uh, one, I'd say, is very famous. One is very famous. Okay. It's not the MDV horror, is it? It's not. I think that's 70s anyway, but... Okay, 80s ghost movie. Uh, are there any other sort of supernatural things going on in this movie besides uh, Yeah, a, a little bit. Okay, okay. Is it, pol- is it Poltergeist? No. This, this game's hard. For me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you get uh, final guess. Okay, 80s ghost movie, very famous person. I should have went, I should last for the years. That might help narrow it down. Probably. I'm learning though. I'm not, I'm learning. <laughs> I don't gotta guess. I don't gotta guess. No, you're gonna really no. hate yourself for this one, Joe. Okay. It's the shining. Oh okay. <laughs> very very Tricky famous trip. with Jack Nicholson. It is a ghost movie. Sure is. But other supernatural, I mean, yeah, he has some kind of special, you know, his power. Yep. So all right very nice <laughs> I, I wrote really easy on you for the first one so yeah you did i, I yeah i'm not gonna be good at this game i can already tell <laughs> oh, that's why we practice while, while todd's up yep <laughs> all right Alrighty. i got my movie 
You ready? Yes. Got it. Uh, is it from the 80s? It is. Uh, 85? No. After 85? Yes. Okay. Uh, is it ghosts? No. Zombies? No. Creature or feature? Mm, is no. There a creature? No? no? Okay. Uh, no. Is there a killer, like a slasher? Um, there are killers. Okay. But not, it's not a slasher. Is it Monster Squad? It is not. Okay, geez, not killers. Are killers? So it's human killers. Not human killers. No, are they clowns? They're not. Uh, not human killers. Not a creature. Oh boy, uh, aliens. No. Werewolves. No. They're kind of human. Oh my god. Um, not a creature. Not a, is it an animal? I'll say they're creature. They're creature like. I'll say that, but they're not creatures. All right. So that's uh, final guess. Uh, who am I gonna go? I'm between a couple here. Okay. I'm between ghoulies and critters. <laughs> okay. Is it either the, not, of those? You're not close. You're not close. Okay. No. <laughs> no. So what was it? You you did not say demons, and the oh. movie was Night of the Demons. Oh, okay. Now that makes sense. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna pull my second one here. You ready? Yes. Go. Okay. Uh, is this uh, movie 90s? No. 2000s? No. 70s? No. 80s? Yes. <laughs> okay. 80s. Uh, is it uh, aliens? No. Creatures? No. Demons? No. Zombies? No. Well, then ghosts? No. Oh my god. Slasher. Yeah. Slasher. Okay. Is it a human slasher? Yep. Mm -hmm. Is he alive at the time? Yeah. Okay. Human slasher alive. Uh is it pre-1985? Yep. Okay. 80? 80. Is it 1980? 83. I'll just give it to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> 1983. Human slasher movie. Oof. Uh, final guess. Oh, fuck. Man, I'll give you a hint. Maniac. No, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, one okay. of the stars of this film, uh, was one of our interviews on the show. Oh, Sleepaway Camp. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got your next one pulled up. Yes, I do. All right, and go. Uh, 80s? No. 90s? 90s, yes. Okay. Um, late 90s or early 90s? Early 90s. Okay. Is it ghosts? It is not ghosts. Zombies? No. Uh, demons? No. Supernatural in any way? No, no. A creature feature? No. Slasher? Mm, I'm gonna say no. No, is it like a crime type movie? Yes. Like Silence of the Lambs type. Is Silence yes. Of the Lambs? Yes, it is. Nice. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I had a feeling that's what it was called. Yeah, I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, pulling up the last one here. You ready? Yeah. And go. All righty, let's go. Is it a ghost movie? No. 
Zombies. No. Uh, slasher. Yes. It's a slasher. Okay. Uh, 90s. No. 80s. No. 70s. No. 2000s. No. 2010s. Yes. Okay. Uh, before, after 2015. After. After 2015. Ooh, very, very current. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, uh, is it? So it's before 2020, though. So yeah. It's between yeah, yeah. 15 so and 2010. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> is, is it, um, does it have a famous slasher? Is it a, is he no, like I, I synonymous? Would, no. Not really, no. Okay. Is it a major studio release? No. No. Okay. Is it, it's not Full Moon or Trauma? No. All right. Your uh, last guess. Jeez. Hatchet. No. I'll give you one more guess. Okay. We also interviewed the yes, one of the oh. stars of this movie. Oh, this one's not ringing a bell to me. Um, it, oh, the strangers pray at night. No. no. Uh, okay. Last last uh, hint. He's a bullshit artist. Oh, greasy strangler. <laughs> yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I'm never gonna be good this game. <laughs> I don't think, but you know, I'll play along. I'll play along. <laughs> All right, ready okay. for the last one? Uh, yeah, let me just pull it up real quick. Okay, go ahead. And go. All right, uh, 80s? No. 90s? No. 2000s? No. 2010s? No. 2020s? No. Ooh, 70s. Yes. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, ghosts? No. Zombies? Nope. Okay, uh, slasher? Yes. Okay. Is it uh, like a famous slasher? Yes. Okay. So it's like Hall- is it Halloween? It is not Halloween. Okay. Is it? Um, hmm. Is it no? So it's not Carpenter. Is it? Uh, oh boy! I don't even know what to ask anymore. <laughs> <Slasher> <laughs> from the seventies. There's not a ton. It's not like Last House from the Left or anything like that. Nope. Um. Is it brutal? Yes. Yes. Is it famous? Like popular? Yes. Yes. Are there, is there a merch involved? Yes. Okay. My, my final guess. Slasher, 1970s. Merch, Friday 13th is 80s. Nightmare on Elm Street is 80s. Man, almost all the slashers started. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. No, I don't know. Wow, you're gonna kick yourself for this one. Uh, probably one of the the probably the original slasher, Leatherface Texas oh, Chainsaw fuck. Massacre. Yeah, of course. I didn't even register. Like, yeah. I, mean, I thought of all of them in my head, but that one. <laughs> you did. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Uh, well, better luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm at, so actually yeah. uh, on our Discord this week, we're doing our hangout. We were supposed to do last week, but I was sick, so couldn't do it mm-hmm. um so we're doing it friday and we're reviewing night of the creeps and uh if you join our discord and you join the um the hangout i will be playing this game with people just to prove that it's a lot harder to do than you probably think when you're listening to it so I'm gonna put people to the test and see uh, how they do with this so i think it'll be mm-hmm. fun oh yeah definitely definitely uh yeah
Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely I'm gonna try to jump in on that one too. I haven't been to the last few, so I'm gonna try. I gotta try to watch tonight. I haven't watched Night of the Creeps in a little bit too. I feel like so I'm excited to Same. revisit. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? No, I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. No. Nice. Tom Atkins, you can never go wrong. Oh, for sure, I love Tom Atkins <laughs> so much. We uh, yeah. you weren't there on the Fog episode, right? No. Oh God, we, we had crushed on Tom Atkins so much. Your dad episode, <laughs> me and Todd. God, dude, that guy just got such. He's so suave. It's it's ridiculous. Charisma, yeah. Charisma. He's, he like, still yeah. got it to this day, too. Yeah, like it's, it's I just crazy. met him last year, and he was still got all the charisma. Yeah, we're we're talking about how he's not even that attractive, like traditional. <laughs> yeah, right. Not attractive, <laughs> yeah. but fuck, the guy just exudes <laughs> charisma. It's he crazy. Does. Yeah, he's got that the machismo. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's get into the main event for tonight, and that would be 2001's Hannibal, starring Anthony Hopkins, Julianne Moore as Clarice Starling, sorry Jodie Foster, uh, Gary Oldman, and of course the late, great Ray Liotta, who we dedicate this episode to. Uh, also directed by Ridley Scott, who you horror fans should definitely know. Uh, but all right, let's get into the plot synopsis here. Living in exile, Dr. Hannibal Lecter tries to reconnect with now-disgraced FBI agent Clarice Starling and finds himself a target for revenge from a powerful victim. Is Clarice disgraced? I don't know if I really got that yeah, i think yeah. it's that first scene they're talking about um okay for the disgrace like they kind of disgrace ah, her okay. in that first scene i think that's what they yeah mean. okay all right we'll go with it uh so yeah that's basically so yeah i mean we open the movie with clarice now played by julianne Moore, uh who yeah she you know she has like a shootout type scenario i'm not gonna go fully into it but yeah there's like a drug bus basically gone wrong that causes the death of a bunch of uh fellow police officers and stuff like that so i i suppose that is where they go with the disgrace part uh meanwhile we also have uh gary oldman here uh who is now who is plays a disfigured victim of Hannibal Lecter, one of the only people uh, who was able to survive Dr. Hannibal Lecter, uh, who basically has become obsessed with him and is trying to uh, find him. And we also have Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who is now living on the lamb in Italy, unrecognizable, apparently, to uh, people uh, over there. He has basically become a scholar and a teacher of some sort over there, living the life. Um, and yeah, basically, we follow these three main stories. We also follow an Italian police officer who is also on uh, the search for Dr. Hannibal Lecter, uh, kind of befriending him in some ways, um, trying to essentially trick him into getting the reward money as Hannibal has now become back on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. And yeah, so we basically, there's it, a whole bunch of uh, a bit of a jumbled mess, I think here personally, but uh, yeah, so uh, all these stories come together in some way or the other throughout the movie. And yeah, it's, it's a direct sequel to, of course, the original silence of the lambs. So yeah, I don't know, Steve, I got a lot to say about this one. I know you do too. So why don't you start us off? Yep. I got a lot to say about this one. Um, that's part of the reason why I really want to review it because I mean, it's the sequel to such a beloved movie. And honestly, I remembered this movie being a lot better than I think what ended up happening uh, when I rewatched it. Uh, I have watched it a few times on theaters. I saw it when it came out on DVD. I saw it again when Red Dragon came out. 
So I've seen it quite a few times and there's a lot to love about this movie, but there's a lot that also kind of brings it down. Uh, we can't go on without mentioning like all the issues this movie had being getting made. Multiple script rewrites. Jodie Foster bowed out because of all the script rewrites, which made the director, um, what was his name? Is uh, something Demi, Jonathan Demi uh, bowed out. And then Anthony Hopkins bowed out, but they managed to re-sign him at the last minute, thankfully, because I think without him involved, it would have been just a complete disaster. You know, so the movie is like, it's like a tale of two movies in one. Uh, I really like the Mason Verger storyline where he's obsessed with Hannibal Lecter and he basically wants him for his collection and to kill him in a very disturbing way. Uh, they don't do a great job of explaining really why other than he was a, you know, a victim that survived a Hannibal Lecter attack. The book does go into it and Mason Verger is a way worse character in the book. And I'll mention that a little bit later as to what, I, the differences and how bad of a character he is in the book versus the movie but I thought that was like kind of the better story with also having you know involving Clary Starling because he uses Clary Starling kind of as bait to get Hannibal Lecter uh, you know in his grasp uh, the other side is the whole Italy stuff which is just way too long uh, there's so much going on there and it's kind of boring there's not much actually going on it's just like a, a cop going after Hannibal Lecter and him trying to get money for it but it lasts like an like 45 minutes to an hour which really wasn't needed they could have done that in like 20 minutes and gotten everything they needed in there so that's the problem with this movie is that there's some really cool stuff with the Mason Verger stuff versus Hannibal Lecter with Clay Starling in there then there's this really kind of weird Italian stuff which I almost feel like they added just to please Anthony Hopkins uh, to give him, I guess, more to do and to see what Hannibal Lecter is like outside of, you know, kind of his jail cell slash, you know, when he's working uh, to see what his life is like. But I got a lot to say, too. Uh, so that's basically my overall synopsis of it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't remember a lot about this movie um, besides the infamous like last scene which we'll get into later with Ray Liotta but other than that I didn't remember a lot about this movie so it was like a pretty fresh watch to me I mean I think this movie severely misses um Jodie Foster I mean Julie Moore's a great actress and I I really do like her but I don't know it's just like Clarice she it just does not feel like Clarice like in this entire movie like it just feels like a completely different character and I mean it, yeah and I think it definitely suffers there the italy stuff the italy stuff hated it like I, I did not enjoy any part of when they're in italy i just found it so boring this movie's two hours and like 15 minutes which is also like way too long um and they could have cut like steve said a lot of the italy they could have cut italy completely like you know i mean i think this the better movie here is you focus on mason verger and Clarice and cut everything else out and obviously like bring Hannibal in, but everything else could have been just gone. And I think we needed more. I think we should have focused more on Mason Verger because he's a super interesting character. He's really creepy fucking looking. The makeup is fantastic. You know, and Gary Oldman puts on a great performance as always. 
and I, everything, every time he was on screen, like I was captivated and then we would jump back to the Italy stuff. And it just like lost me like a lot of the way, like even like when he kills the guy in Italy, like I just didn't like, it was cool and all, it was a cool kill and everything, but that, and that, that kill didn't really feel like Hannibal Lecter either. Like it was like more like of a slasher kill. So I, there's like good moments in here, but I just, I, I just can't get on board with this movie. Be, like, even though like I enjoyed bits and pieces of it, like as a whole, this movie is like a jumbled mess. And when you're comparing it to one of the greatest like movies, like in cinema history, like in Silence of the Lambs, it's just like a complete and utter letdown, especially when it's directed by someone like Ridley Scott, who's one of the greatest directors, um, you know, of our generation. It just leads to a massive disappointment. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, the movie starts off great, though. I, the for very first scene where Barney, who is the only constant in all of the film adaptations of uh, of Hannibal Lecter, uh, even going back to Manhunter, actually. So that's really cool. Presents Mason Verger with the classic mask, which is not only a cool way to introduce Mason Verger's obsession with Hannibal, but is also a good way to get that mask back on Hannibal Lecter later in the film. So it's a really good scene. And you get the reveal of what Mason Verger looks like, which, like you said, one of the best fucking makeups like ever. He is so good. Like you do not see Gary Oldman under this makeup, which is actually one of Gary Oldman's like traits, is that he's so different from movie to movie. But in this one, the makeup just sells it. So it's like the perfect mix of being grotesque to the point of almost being a monster but also realistic because it's not like so grotesque that you're like oh that no one would ever look like that it's like believable that a human could look like that with all the surgeries he's had and everything and the way he plays that character uh is so good like he's such a little whiny little shit and you could tell he comes from money and he's so full of himself and gary Ullman really sold that character and he's a very unlikable character especially if you know about what he's like in the book. Uh, so big kudos to that. And I got to say, one of my favorite lines in this movie is actually from Mason Verger when he says, I have immunity from the risen Jesus and nobody beats the Riz. <laughs> like he's just so, the way he speaks, is just fucking fascinating. Yeah, I loved that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's get it. I want to get into Italy here. Cause like, <laughs> so like we're to believe that Hannibal Lecter, one of the most notorious serial killers, a guy on the FBI's 10 most wanted list is able to just hide out in Italy without a disguise and no one recognizes him. <laughs> right. Actually a fun fact about that 10 top 10 most wanted list. So on the list is Osama bin Laden and mm-hmm. they really like make a point to show Osama bin Laden before, but when the movie was filmed and released, no one really knew who Osama bin Laden was because this is pre 9 11. Pre 9 11, wow. Yeah, the movie okay. came out in 2001. So it was filmed like around 2000. So the okay, fact that yeah. they show him is like weird because when people saw the movie, it would have had no effect. But knowing what he did later, it was like, right. It's crazy. Kind of chilling. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like nobody, he just lives his life normally in Italy. <laughs> Absolutely no idea who he is uh you know the dude's like he's doing like lectures he's like <laughs> right, a friend yeah, yeah. of like hundreds of, hundreds of people <laughs> yeah exactly uh there's a lot of weird stuff with italy uh, another thing i want to know does the fbi have a team of smellers is that really a thing where you can like present a letter to to a panel of people That's who just right. smell it and exactly where it came from uh yeah i, I don't know like i'm 
I want to talk to my agency and know if we have smellers too, like other than dogs that uh, do that. You know, like uh, it's weird. Like that was a whole weird scene. It was the guy from Breaking Bad too, which I thought was super. Yeah. The guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the whole Italy thing was just it didn't work to me at all. No, because you spend so much time just showing Hannibal being cultured. But like you said, it's weird because he's just like out there. We have no. Mm-hmm. The cop is kind of like he's not good. He's not bad. He's, he's just, boring. He's yeah. Boring. Yeah. There's nothing. Mm-hmm good about and the deaths even like you said they don't feel like they're um like Hannibal deaths I don't know they they right. feel a little too public and a, a little too like I don't it just like I see Hannibal as someone being very cultured like I guess later on with the uh Ray Liotta death that seems a little bit more Hannibal to me like in a private setting yeah, with definitely elaborate yeah. dinner and you know having like a little skillet to you know cook his brain Whereas this one, he's just like slashing people's throats and making a big deal out of it. And what's even weirder is that, I don't know if you know this, but the locations that they have in the movie are locations that people don't get movie licenses for at all. Uh, They always say no. And uh, Anthony Hopkins had to go to Italy himself Hmm. to get these locations because they fit. Nice. Like uh, the, the whole story of like, I forget what the, the name of the guy is who died in that way was actually, that's the actual location of that that stuff. So it's, it's like they really put a, a effort into the Italy stuff. Right. It just, it just pads onto the fucking movie for needlessly to me. So, right. Stupid. Yeah. I, I also feel like Clarice like is really dumb in this one, like compared to... Uh, you know the original um yeah which is maybe that that's why Jodie Foster didn't come back I mean I know she said that they I I thought I read an interview that she said they kind of did a disservice to the character and I agree with her here because like I just feel like she puts herself in situations that she just wouldn't have done in that in like she like she did in the original I mean Grant she did like obviously like like put herself in like dangerous situations but she was kind of smart about it and I felt like she was kind of in control whereas this one I feel like she wasn't in control and she just made like just dumb mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're right by changing the actress, which is not, I guess in a way it is, but in a way it isn't their fault and nothing to mm-hmm. Julianne Moore. We don't get that connection between her and Hannibal Lecter. Like they, they, right. they, they talk about that connection on film, but because it's a different actress, we don't feel that connection. At least I did. Right. And that kind of no. hurts the movie significantly, you know, because you don't really care when they finally do meet each other, it doesn't feel important where no. it should have had it been Jodie Foster. Absolutely. Like I never would have cared if Julianne Moore died in this movie. Now, if it was Jodie Foster's character and I had that, you know, I, I would have cared like, and it's, I, I it's not uh, the movie's fault in a way. Cause like, it's not their fault. They couldn't get Jodie Foster back. They tried, but it, it's just tough. It's tough to bring in introduce a new character that's so beloved and then change like just like you know i mean it's a not even a close to a same type of scenario but like i like elm nightmare on elm street three and four like you know like i didn't really care when um patricia arquette's character in part four dies because it's a it's tuesday night you know and if patricia arquette had come back and she died i think it would have been more impactful and sad yeah absolutely However, I will say that once the Italy stuff is done and that Hannibal gets captured by Mason Verger's people, the movie kind of picks up again, thankfully. Agreed. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's uh, so we get to the boar scene, which is 
Mason Berger's <laughs> big plan is yeah. he, he's been breeding these boars for years uh, just to eat Hannibal Lecter. Like the, the whole point of the boars was to eventually <laughs> eat Hannibal Lecter. So he puts him in the mask uh, into the boar pit <laughs> Uh, just to watch him get eaten, which I thought was a really weird, uh, bizarre, scene, yeah. bizarre <laughs> scene um, that didn't super work. And then we get, uh, yeah, yeah. Then we get a whole like Clarice comes in to save the day, and Tannibal yeah. con- convinces um, Cordell, which is Mason's uh, <laughs> like second half, to just push him into the pit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a weird scene. Yeah, that was another issue I had is like, why is Clarice like caring so much to like go and save Hannibal? Like, I, I don't really get that. Like, does she have like a, I mean, I know like in the book that they ended up having like a love story, like at the end, which I'm glad they don't go that route because like, fuck that. Like I, I would, I would have absolutely hated that. But like, why is Clarice like caring so much about like, here? like I know they have like a connection per se but like i feel like at the same time like like who gives a fuck like just you know like let him fucking die at that point you know like i guess she's supposed to be the moral compass uh you know to to show that but at at the same time i'm kind of like questioning okay like why is she going after like lector at this point right no yeah absolutely it it does make sense and again the changing of actress makes it even less make sense you know Mm -hmm. as visually because it's just, yeah, it makes no sense. Like, well, why is she going after the serial killer? And just, just fucking let him die, you know, get give Mason his little fucking jigglies and right, yeah. But, uh, how, yeah. how do you feel about uh, Cordell killing Mason by just essentially being like, <laughs> it was kind of humorous, yeah. yeah. It was kind of, it was, I mean, Lecter told he's like, you know, if you push him, I'll, I'll say I did or whatever, you know. So it was like his out because, yeah, obviously, like, uh, he wasn't treating that dude well. It was basically he was treating him kind of slave like for the majority of the movie, you know. And the guy tried to give his, you know, um, two cents or whatever, and he would just be like, go make my dinner type shit. So, like, you know, it was like, it was like kind of being foreshadowed, I suppose, in some ways. But yeah, I didn't love the death. Like, you know, the fact that they use the boars is just so fucking, so random. Like, like you said, in a lot of ways, like, I feel like we could have had a better death. I would have liked to see Hannibal kill him, honestly, you know? Like, the boars weren't needed. They were super random. And uh, yeah, the scene didn't work for me overall. Yeah, and so the do you know about the story of Mason Verger, like, the, from the book? I read a little bit on it. I had read that he was a, a pedophile. Or he was like a really terrible person. Yeah, basically he's a, yeah, like you said, he's a very, very terrible person in the book. Uh, he's a pedophile. He tortures animals. He, you know, molested his sister, which is a big character in the book uh, that doesn't oh. get uh, the, you know, the whole, the treatment in this one or completely ignore that character. And that's actually her that kills him in the book, which makes sense because he's been molesting her. And she's she's a lesbian, and the whole point of her, believe it or not, is to get his sperm into her partner, so wow. that um, kind of the family legacy can move on without him. You know, uh, so that's her whole goal is to get his sperm, Jeez. basically. So she becomes kind of the Cordell of that situation. And Cordell in the book is also a child molester, which is just even worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a really fucked up uh, situation in the book that they don't go into at all in this and maybe for the better for some things, but um, yeah, keeping his death, you know, kind of similar. It's not really similar because she puts an eel down, down his throat. 
uh, in in the book, but there are boards involved. It's like a whole thing. Mm. But I think it just came off weird in the movie. You know, it's just like he was mean to Cordell, sure, but he wasn't that mean to Cordell. He's just basically a shitty boss. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. anything more than a shitty boss. So to get to kill him over that was kind of like is weird. I don't know. It did make me laugh though. You know, he's just like mm-hmm. you. Sh- you should kill him. Like, good idea. Just pushes him off and then le- leaves. You know, it's okay. I guess that's the end of that mm-hmm. character. But you're right. Hannibal should have killed him at, at least for the movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And then we get to our ending of the movie. Uh, Clarice gets shot in uh, that you know showdown with Mason and Hannibal. Um, and Hannibal Lecter saves her. He he picks her up. He takes her out, and they end up at ray liotta's lake house but why like i don't understand why we end up there (laughs) so the scene is cool but the setup makes no fucking sense (laughs) and why this is the end also when we we didn't see ray liotta all that much in this movie no Um, he's not like a massive character no so it's kind of random that you're supposed to care about him or his fate Mm -hmm. at all like other than if if that had not been so same movie same character not ray liotta like an unknown actor I, I would not have given two shits about that scene. <laughs> right. But and he's kind of dickish in the movie, too. Right, exactly. So because yeah. it's Ray Liotta, I care. Because I like that <laughs> yeah. actor. But how did, like, that's that's a weird thing, you know? If, like, I don't know. It was a weird scene. Cool, but weird. But, yeah, it makes yeah. no sense why they're at his, uh, at his uh, cottage or whatever. Okay, I didn't know if I missed something. Because I was like, I, there's got to be a reason here. I mean, I know, like, her, him and Clarice, like, work together. And they've kind of butted heads. But, like, I... I, I don't even remember really like him and Hannibal like um, connecting at all. So I don't even know how he would know he was living like there or anything. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so yeah, we get to that scene. Uh, you know, Clarice wakes up, comes downstairs, and uh, Hannibal is cooking up a nice meal uh, for Ray Liotta's character. And yeah, I mean, it's like really random because like I feel like we don't really get any sort of resolution in this entire movie. Like it's this whole thing is like set up for this amazing scene where he peels back uh, Ray Liotta's uh, head and he starts, you know, feeding him his own brain, which is fucking great. It's such a cool scene. Definitely the best scene in the entire movie. Um, But then, yeah, like so Clarice like calls the police, which, OK, like Hannibal Lecter didn't think to cut the phone lines, apparently, like, you know, and then the cops show up, which seemed ta- to take them like a half hour. Yeah. And yeah, like, uh, you know, Clarice tries to outsmart Hannibal by like handcuffing him, but he's able to cut. We don't know if he cuts his hand off. We don't know if he cuts the handcuffs off. I mean, it's not really shown. Well, we, we know later. Off screen. Right? Well, right, yeah, I guess yeah. right. We're on the we, 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 we find out it was his hand. He cut his hand off. Right, right, right. Randomly. Um, so which they don't show, and then he just he's gone. Like he <laughs> he 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 escapes into the night, and Clarice is there. The police, um, you know show up and Clarice puts her hands up and that's basically how the movie ends. And then we get a really random ass <laughs> scene of Hannibal on the plane feeding uh, a little boy uh, pieces of the brain that he took with him. Um, and I think the ending line is, what is it about? Uh, you know, it's nice to try new things yeah, or something basically, like that. Basically, yeah. And the movie just fucking ends. Like there's no sort of like, resolution here and it's just like really just random to me like i mean obviously like we continue on where we get 
more movies in this um franchise but i don't know i, I feel like we just needed like more here i feel like it just kind of ends you know and there's without any sort of i don't know resolution or any sort of feeling like what i watched was worth it i guess <laughs> yeah yeah because we're essentially back at square one uh, right at the yeah. end of the movie because yeah. clarice is still gonna chase hannibal and he's still out there presumably like you know living his life wherever and it is a really it's a really weird ending you know again they didn't really set it up at all uh throughout the film right. you know it was more about mason verger so that should have been the ending is everything with mason verger and then they bring this whole thing it's like they had this cool idea with the brain and yeah <laughs> then they're like well how do we fit this in movie like, i don't know well, let's just put it in and see what happens you right know? uh we don't even know if ray Liotta dies i mean i, I guess we assume he will because they cut, True. It, cut his brain yeah. out but he just wheels out into another room and then we never <laughs> see him again they don't mention him anymore which is right like, so odd and you have the whole thing on the plane like feeding first of all so he he needed to escape because the cops were coming so he had to cut his hand off, right because that was the right. he, he has no time left he has to cut his hand and get out of there no no he packs a lunch <laughs> right and then leaves and Very then nice goes lunch. on the plane bringing his lunch onto the plane which is a whole other thing i won't get into right. um oh my god it, it just makes no fucking sense at all uh, mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of the, the whole thing about this movie it's so messy and crazy and the only reason for me anyway that it ha- it holds any like you know anything that i like about it is hannibal lecter so good like he's anthony hopkins is so good as hannibal lecter right that every time he's on screen regardless of how ridiculous it is it's compelling um same yeah. thing with mason verger a terrible character but it's done so well that every time he was on screen, I was compelled. And those two things combined make it a movie I enjoy. But holy shit, this could have been so much better and should have been so much better with all the stuff that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it. If you want to get into ratings, unless you got anything else to say about it. Look at my notes here if I missed anything. Oh, I I want to ask you something. Sure. $250,000 for the mask. Do you think that's a realistic price in real life if that mask was up for auction do you think yeah sure maybe i mean i don't know you think it's low i think it's high i I feel like that's because it's a movie a real serial killer yeah see if it was a movie piece yes 250 would probably work because it's so iconic but for Mm -hmm. a serial killer like no one saw that mask you know what i mean like it's not a fame like who saw that mask on the news or like it's weird like that's a thing that you would have in prison I don't know. Like if, if they is, mu- yeah. if they muzzled Charles Manson, right? Right. Like, God would know that. Like they they don't show it on the news that he's muzzled. So if they had, I feel like they did show it though. Like I have- feel like in the original movie there might have been like some video footage or some like news footage of him in it. So if there was like news footage, just like if there was news footage of like Charles Manson, like in a muzzle, I feel like two fifty is a fair price for something like that. Like someone would pay it. I bet. Yeah, I, I guess if you have like as much money as Mason, it didn't really matter. Um, he the tapes were probably more valuable, I would think, the, of the conversations between sure Clarice yeah. and Hannibal, which he just hands over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, is uh, I thought it was a little high, but still, like Mason Verger, such I, I think he knew Mason Verger would take it. He's so rich, so, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he didn't really care. No. Uh, I think that's, that I think that's all I had, and I talked. All you got? I, I notes about the first scene, which I didn't really like at all, um, with mm-hmm. the, the the drug deal and everything like that, because it yeah. didn't feel at all like 
you know, Clarice, you know, in some way. Right. It just felt like mm-hmm. a regular cop movie. It just right. it felt out of place. And but I guess they wanted to disgrace her in some way. It, sure. It, just, it didn't work for me, but yeah, no. that's, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into ratings. I'll start us off tonight. Um, yeah, I think most of this movie doesn't work for me. It just, you know, uh, there's great scenes like here and there, but it's really not something I would go back and watch. Like feel like I need to go back and watch. There's just not high entertainment value for a lot of it for me. Like there are a few parts I really do enjoy, but man, just like thinking that this is supposed to be a direct sequel to Silence of the Lambs and Ridley Scott handling it. um, This should have been better. And it just, it just wasn't. And you know, like I think back, like if I'm going to rewatch this, like I'm going to have to sit through that Italy, like an hour of that Italy bullshit again. Like I just couldn't do, I just wouldn't want to do it to get through the good parts of like the the end of the movie. But then like, okay, the scenes are good, but they don't really make sense, you know, like through, you know, so I I just can't give this a good rating as much as I would like to. So I'm going to go pretty low. I'm going to go a five on this one. It was just a big letdown. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm close to that. You know, this is a movie I feel that in 10 years, I'm again going to forget <laughs> about the Italy yeah, stuff and right. remember the Mason Verger stuff and the Hannibal stuff. So I'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it on DVD, so I probably will at some point. But yeah. I was disappointed. I really, I remembered this a lot better than what was actually on screen. Uh, again, I give it points just because of how cool Hannibal Lecter is and how creepy Mason Verger is. But overall, it was a disappointment. So I actually give it a six out of ten. Uh, I still okay. enjoyed it uh, somewhat, but there are, there are a lot of issues here that yeah. are hard to overlook. Yeah, I came I came out of it with about a six, but then like the more we discussed it, like <laughs> in this review, like I was like, yeah, I I gotta knock this down. <laughs> like it just yeah, it was it was a, a big disappointment, especially like man, like yeah, like. I, even if Jodie Foster came back, it probably would have been better. But like, I just think the script is a mess, like overall here. So it's just, yeah, they, they just tried to throw too much into the movie, I think. And they should have, it just was unfocused. And that was our, the biggest problem with it. Yeah, this is definitely the worst Hannibal film, I think, of the series. I think Red Dragon is better. Yeah. Sansa Lambs is obviously like way better. Um, yeah, it's just- I never saw Hannibal yeah. Rising. Oh yeah, I, I didn't even count that one because it's not uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. I right, it wasn't about, even Anthony I, Hopkins. I, right? I even yeah. forgot about that one. So yeah, uh, although I hear the show is great, a, a lot of people told me I to heard watch that the show, too, and I know Mason yeah. Verger is a part of the show, and oh. they feature actually like him and his sister and all that stuff, like all the stuff that they should have, I guess, in this movie. So maybe I'll check that out cool. one day. I, but I know it got canceled and maybe didn't quite yeah. complete, so that's a bummer. But uh, right, all right. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, once again, rest in peace to Ray Liotta. Um, he will be missed. And his, uh, I mean, we picked this movie because his death scene or whatever you want to call it was definitely one of the more memorable things. I think he, you know, he he's done obviously Goodfellas and other stuff too, but for as horror fans, I think that Hannibal scene is definitely one of his most memorable. So rest in peace once again to him. Don't forget to tune in this Friday night to our movie club. If you haven't already join our discord so you can get the link um, to join in on that movie club. All you got to do is just private message us over on our Instagram facebook or twitter um and we will send you the link to join the discord yeah and, and a lot of great we, discussions in there lately like uh yes. we, we, we have a spoiler room and we've been talking about stranger things season four a lot to talk about that series and we're having a really good discussion so definitely worth checking out uh, our discord and there's other conversations non-spoiler conversations going on all the time about all sorts of stuff so 
yeah. worth checking out. Yeah, and also don't forget we also have merch. Uh, just go uh, search uh, T Public and the Horror Squad podcast, and you will find us over on there. We got shirts, sweaters, hoodies, a whole bunch of good stuff over there. So, and yeah, I don't think we know what we're reviewing next week yet. I have. Or do we, Steve? I, I have an idea. Uh, okay. But I, I want to see how much the rental is first, and if okay. it's available. Rob Savage's new movie is coming out. Uh, Tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Cam, right? Cam something? Yeah, like Dash, dash cam. cam. Dash Cam. Dash Cam. And right. it got banned from some theaters for being too wow. too extreme, which that that, that makes honestly, that's almost better than the good trailer to me. Like, right, right. You know, it's like sadness, I guess, in a way that it's like, yeah. oh, this movie's extreme, please. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, yes, so, please. So it depends. Maybe we'll do that. If not, we'll figure something yeah, else that'd out. That'd be and, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out just again our discord is where we will release it early and then then our social media is on the day we record for the questions and stuff yeah yes all right so maybe dash cam maybe something else follow our discord we'll keep you up to date over there for you'll know first what we're reviewing for next week by following our discord it's a good time join it's the best way to keep up with the podcast mm-hmm. um and yeah that's it so we'll see you guys next week enjoy bye Bye. attorneys and I have immunity from the risen Jesus and nobody beats the riz